This is one-on-one's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is one-on-one's NFL Friday. Indeed it is. It's NFL Friday. It's week 13, and uh, we got a great show for you guys. About to begin, we got Manny Adea here. He's next to me. We got Devin Clemente in the building. Christian Nokai is our fantasy expert for the day. And, of course, Emmanuel Barbari (laughs) behind the glass, always doing his thing, producing this show. So, guys, first of all, Manny, we're glad to have you here. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. Done with football season and catching you on Out of Bounds with our own Chelsea Thomas. <laughs> That's been a thrill to watch. I love seeing you guys. Thank you, man. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm happy to be back in the station. I've been working with Chelsea a lot lately. It's been a whole lot of fun. There's a whole lot more content coming your way with that. Out of Bounds with me and Chelsea on YouTube. Check it out. All right. Well, you're going to have to form multiple takes, then, or you're going to have to be consistent because I know you guys do end up talking. I can see you guys talking about Eli Manning, which we will inevitably get to sort of the big news in the NFL today, but Stay in the NFC East. We'll talk about Thursday Night Football. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch last night, but the Cowboys absolutely took it to the Redskins, and going into the game, I actually thought it was going to be the other way around. Uh, you know what? That really hurt because Kirk Cousins did start for me last night, and uh, it was painful. What, two fumbles, two picks. He redeemed himself at the end a little bit. Uh, I checked my phone he and he had negative 2.4. That was just, I was not happy about that. It but. was depressing to, to a certain extent. And then, honestly, before the Cowboys, to actually finally get a win without Zeke, uh, that was big. That was major for them. Major, major. Absolutely, definitely. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have been trashing Dak Prescott over this run. Fairly, by the way. Fa- fairly, I think. I agreed, agreed. But he's also being asked to do a lot as a second-year quarterback, you know. So I'm I'm a guy that actually still believes in Dak. I've heard people like trash him a lot over the past couple weeks. But I mean, over the past two weeks, they've missed Sean Lee, they've missed Zeke for I think only against the Falcons game they were missing Tyron Smith. Defenses didn't have to prepare against the run at all, and then their defense couldn't hold anybody to less than 30, 40 points. So he's being asked to throw and put up 30 points. They're just dropping back into zone the whole time. I mean, it's not an easy thing for him to do, especially for a guy like this young. Tyron Smith, you mentioned, it's always a pleasure for me watching, and this is so weird, but football geeks will understand. When the Cowboys play the Redskins, you got Tyron Smith going against, oh man, now someone remember the left tackle for the Redskins, Trent Trent Williams. Trent Williams Williams versus Tyron Smith is an epic matchup. That is good O-line That is good O-line stuff. But this Cowboys offense, I think it's really interesting discussion right now because they were so good last year. It was so blatantly Zeke and a good offensive line, and 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 we were always wondering what made the Cowboys so good last year, and it seemingly was Zeke. And, and so Zeke gets removed from the equation, and the Cowboys, Chris Collinsworth said it last night, I think they scored 3, 9, and 7 in the past mm-hmm. three weeks without yeah. Zeke. Yep. But as you said, guys, they score 38 last night. And Des Bryant, what's Des Bryant like right now? Because he's a player who it almost shouldn't matter if Zeke's there. If you have a dominating number one wideout, it almost shouldn't be a problem. And that's, that's, what, that's what it's really about. You know, when you lose a, a great player on your team, the other great players on your team have to step up. And that's one criticism that I guess Des and Dak have been receiving these last couple of weeks. Des Bryant, is, he still is, to me, the receiver who we all – presume him to be, who had 16 touchdowns a couple years ago, who can go up and catch the big touchdown like he did last night he and throw up did. the X. Yeah. That was a phenomenal catch. He needed that. It that was a, was a beauty. Great. And I actually had a tweet because I, I, I sort of am always interested in tracking the career path of Dez yeah. because it has been a bit volatile. And I tweeted at the beginning of the game, I was like, wow, so Dez really is irrelevant. But I had <laughs> to get back on Twitter at the end of the night. I mean, that was an unbelievable catch, one-on-one. You love to see Dez go up and in the end. And that's, and that's, that's what, what you need take. him to do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He – I mean, love it. Love what he adds to the Cowboys. It's almost like it's weird that the Cowboys couldn't really share the wealth when it was Zeke. If Zeke comes back to this team, what is Dax rolling in sort of getting the ball to Zeke or Dez? Well, honestly, 
I think that he's had a lot to learn over the past couple weeks. You know, when I think about what Dak can do, like what his potential is, I look back to the Packers game uh, near the start of the season. I mean, he really brought them back into that game. I know yeah. Rodgers came back at the end and shut it down, but he was taking control of that game and showed me that he could be the real deal. You know, so once you get Zeke back, now that they're getting Dez a little bit more into the fold, and now that they have Tyron Smith back, Sean Lee looks like he's going to be coming back in Week 14. All of a sudden, this banged-up Cowboys team is a little bit more healthy and can make a little bit of a run at the end, especially after taking down the Redskins yesterday. No, honestly, I think uh, having Zeke back obviously adds another dimension to your game. As an offense, you don't want to be one-dimensional. Zeke was down. Everyone figured out, okay, the Cowboys, they won't be able to run the ball as effectively, so let's, let's drop people back. Let's take care of the pass. Let's take care of Dak. And that hurts you a lot. You know, it, it, it takes out a whole option for you. So now guys are going to have to load the box. There's more options for, for uh, Dez outside, for Cole Beasley and guys like that. You know, Jason Witten gets open now. And then once you're trying to stop the pass, then you can run the ball again. So having such a powerful running back like Zeke back into the offense is going to be great. And he is powerful. But, guys, let's switch it to the Redskins side now. So both teams came into the game 5-6. and six. This was a huge game for not only well not really the NFC East because we'll and we'll talk about all this but Mm -hmm. the Eagles have probably run away with that one but really for the wild card spot this was almost a knockout blow for whichever team lost so now the Redskins are five and seven deep deeply embedded within this NFC playoff picture and guys what what's sort of the deal with the Redskins what's your take on on who they are and and who Kirk Cousins is and and maybe what even his future is I mean, this is the same team that that played the Saints a couple of weeks ago. I, it, didn't, it didn't look like that same team last night. You know, they, they were they were all over the place in, in all three phases of the game. Special teams, offense, defense, they were down. Lackluster at best. Fumbles here and there. And you lose a turnover battle, you have a, a very low chance of winning the game. And Devin, I want to sort of ask you a specific question here because as I just look at the Redskins roster – I mean, it's they got all the pieces that I think a team theoretically needs. Ryan Kerrigan is a great pass rusher. You got corners on the outside. We all know that. DJ Swearinger's playing well at safety. Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback in the league. They got some weapons, and they have a really good offensive line. Brandon Sheriff and uh, Trent Williams. So, so what is the weakness of this team? What sort of leads to this con- inconsistency that we associate with the Redskins every year? Well, to me, I think a lot of it is injuries. So you saw a couple of weeks ago, I, th- I think it was against the Eagles, that their O-line get, really got banged up a lot. Um, and you're right. Kerrigan's a great rusher. Kirk Cousins has proven to really be a great quarterback in this league over the past couple of years. And even Josh Doxson has really come into his own as a number one wide receiver. He made a great catch last Absolutely. night, too, by the way. Don't want to sort of give all the love to Des Bryant when right, he yeah. also went up and got it 1v1, maybe even 1v2. That was a great catch. Josh Doxson has really impressed me over the past few weeks. Um, obviously, it hurts when you make a signing like Terrell Pryor, who you wanted to come in and replace either Pierre Garçon or Deshaun Jackson. And you get nothing. Uh, yeah, he, he's really done nothing. But you're right. All, this team has all the pieces in place. I think it's just about staying healthy, and they haven't really been able to do that this season. I feel like every week it's something else. How, know, do, you, how do you guys feel about Kirk Cousins as a as a franchise quarterback? You know, I I don't know how I feel specifically about it, but I just know that when you look around the league, he's he is one by default. You know, whether or not, how, no matter how good you want to say he is, he's clearly in a tier that's higher than a lot of other starters. Like, so, oh, like Tyrod Taylor? I feel like they're in the same boat for some reason. Like, they should be the franchise quarterback, but... That's a great comparison. The organization doesn't want to claim them as... Tyrod one. Taylor, I would also say, is another player who, if you just look at, compared to the other league... He's got to be a starter in the league. Absolutely. And if you're a guaranteed starter in the league, you're going to make a lot of money. So, I mean, I will say I I think we all can agree Kirk Cousins will make a lot of money next year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. No matter where it is. (laughs) And he'll, he'll, wherever he is, he'll be, the intent will be for him to become a franchise quarterback for all time to come. But, you know, before we move on, I want to say, Devin, I think you may have hit the nail on the head there. Maybe all the Redskins and Jay Gruden are missing is a, elite big-bodied wideout, which they've sort of been searching for for a while and really Mm -hmm. thought that they had with Terrell Pryor, but they didn't. So I don't want to spill too much into the NFC East because we're just going to talk about the playoff picture, but we're going to talk about a little New York football specifically next, Jets and Giants. But real quick, let's go to Christian on the fantasy. Give us the starters for this week. 
Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. All right, boys, my first stud of the week has to be Phillip Rivers. Coming off his best performance of the year where he threw for three touchdowns and 434 yards, I expect Phillip Rivers to have a nasty game against the Cleveland Browns. My next stud of the week has to be Marshawn Lynch. Now, even though Beast Mode has been mediocre mode this year, he's playing up against the Giants defense that has basically given up. I think you gotta give Marshawn Lynch the go. And finally, Julio Jones. Well, it seems like the Atlanta Falcons finally realized that they had the best receiver in football. After a monstrous game where he caught 12 catches, 253 yards, and 2 TDs, he's going up against the nasty Vikings defense with Xavier Rhodes, but I expect Julio Jones to have another monstrous game. And those are my studs of the week. Christian, thank you, and very solid shout-out to Julio Jones, who, very interesting debate, and I don't want to get into it, but maybe we after at the end of the show. Best I'm, wide receiver in the league, my take on it, and I'm just I'm going to have to end it here. I'm sorry. Julio, most potent wide receiver in the league on any given day, but best wide receiver in the league. I think you got to give it to A.B. with the consistency. He's been doing it for so long, never gets injured. Julio, he might be injured. But sorry about that. I can't. It's almost. I can't just. How can I do that? Let's just play this game for a sec. What do you guys think, Julio or AB? Uh, see, here's here's the thing. It depends what type of receiver you want. You know, they're two different types of receiver. AB is is what five ten, and he and but he's doing amazing things. I gotta go with AB. I can't. I can't even sit here and, and lie to I you guys. I just don't think any of us can disrespect the consistency. Say, I can't sit here and lie to you. He's on my fantasy team, so I know. I gotta go eight. All right, so we got two votes. We'll end it there. So, <laughs> I got so, so the Giants, guys. This was the biggest news probably in the week for the NFL. I had a little bit of a, a take on it. Let's say earlier. Why don't we play the report and then we'll talk about it? Thirteen weeks into the NFL season, and New York Giants fans stumbled across the most startling news that they've received in years. Fans found out on Monday that their quarterback, captain, reigning NFL Man of the Year, seventh all-time in touchdown passes and yards, two-time Super Bowl winning, and MVP quarterback Eli Manning will not be starting this Sunday against the Raiders in L.A. The powers that be in East Rutherford have benched Eli Manning, who instead of making his 211th consecutive start is forced to hand off the reins to Geno Smith. So instead of it being the Rock of New York to lead the Giants into battle on Sunday as he so valiantly has for a decade plus, it will be the former GOAT of New York under center, Geno Smith, who will look to wipe the green stain he left upon this city with the Jets and replace it with a cobalt glimmer. The justification for this move by the Giants brass is evaluating untested quarterbacks in what is officially a null season. Fair, maybe, but probably not. In fact, considering the quarterbacks that are currently on the roster, Geno Smith and Davis Webb, I'd say it's a bit of a stretch to bench Eli Manning. Now, if Pat Mahomes or Mitch Trubisky from this year's draft, highly anticipated draft picks, were waiting in line, then maybe, maybe I'd take a listen. But regardless of how you feel about the move, only one thing matters going forward, and that's how John Mara feels about Eli Manning's future in New York. Are the Giants committed to seeing out all that Eli has left, or does this mark the end of an era? Who knows? But I do know one thing for sure, and that's that Eli Manning is not done playing football. That's not even close to how he feels. Covering these New York Giants, I'm Tommy Aldridge, WFUV Sports. All right, so I basically laid it out there for you. I think we're going to have to sit here and, and we got to get everyone's take on, you know, how they feel it went down and how they feel it was handled and was it unfair. But again, I think that's all sort of just talk. I think then we have to inevitably talk about, I mean, what's, you know, what what's the future look like for Eli Manning? That's really, I think, the only meaningful conversation to really come out of this. But let's just start. When you heard the news on Monday, Manny, what was your initial reaction? Uh... <laughs> As a Patriots fan, my initial anything when anything wrong happens for the Giants, my initial reaction is a little, you know, elation. I'm, I'm a little, yeah. I'm, I get a little, I get a little, I get a little happy. But as, as like, like I said, I have respect for Eli. I mean, he is, he is a, a top tier quarterback, you know. And it's, it's interesting the way everything's going down because 
there should be a certain level of respect that you have for the guy who leads your organization in, in touchdown yards, um, in touchdowns and yards and in almost everything, everything, almost every really. category. And it's like, what is the preseason for? You use a preseason when you want to test out quarterbacks. If you know that you're not going to move on with Eli moving forward, you have those four preseason games next year, or you have week 16 of the season to figure out, you know, and, and plug somebody in. But don't just try to relieve Eli now like it's going to change anything for you for the future, you know, for it's going to change anything for the season. And it's, it's honestly is blatant disrespect for Eli and for the entire Manning family. This is a first family of the NFL. <laughs> You're right. It's, like, a, it's, 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 it's bigger crazy. than Jay-Z. It's no, bigger than it's, just like he's getting old and, you know, we got to replace. And the funny thing is everyone's talking about, oh, yeah, now nah, what's next for Eli? Oh, he'll go to Jacksonville. It's not like the guy, you know, he can't, like, throw the ball anymore. It's just like, yeah, yeah we're going to try new things, Eli. Sorry. That's crazy. Devin, before I get yeah, your yeah. take, I just want to say something that's just wild. And this is, you know, this is sort of where all the – this is what makes your head sort of shake if you're a Giants fan. You talk about what's the preseason for. Well, they didn't even think this was close to the realm of possibility. Yeah. So they guess what they did in the preseason? They didn't even play Davis Webb. They didn't even play Davis Webb in the pre. They they gave him a couple snaps in the last game. They didn't even play him in training camp. That's they didn't ridiculous. want him getting rattled by the first and second team training camp. It's insane. So they gave him. They'd had a seven on seven period at the very end of camp every day for very bubble type players and Davis Webb to just do seven on sevens. And so that's all the experience he has, and why we're not going to see him. It's but. Geno Smith. So, but you know, what was your reaction Honestly. on Monday? How do you think the organization handled it? Because Manny, you brought up respect. That's what a lot of people are talking about. That it's disrespectful to someone who is, you know, so much larger than a starting quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, to me, it's it's a disgrace, and it, it reminds me of a couple of years ago when they pretty much forced out Tom Coughlin. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it was really any secret that he wanted to keep on coaching. And this is reminding me of that because they're doing it under the guise of, well, we gave them a choice. And, you know, Tom Coughlin, it was under the guise of, you know, he was resigning and doing it on his own. Ben McAdoo reportedly went to Eli Manning and basically told him, you can start the game to keep your streak intact, but after that we're taking you out. <laughs> Anybody with any kind of integrity is not going to take that. I mean, there yeah, was no way. Was, they, is, they did not give him a choice. You can't say you gave him a choice. There are words you can't use yeah. <laughs> that describe yeah, that. That's, yeah, I mean, that, that, is, is some, that is some right there. That's, you just, know? Some. that's just some. It's, it's embarrassing. And, to you know, the Giants are this organization that's supposed to be all about respect and, you know, and doing things the right way. And now you have these two legendary Hall of Fame coach and quarterback and who brought you two Super Bowls. Eli Manning's probably the best offensive player in Giants history. And it's just it's disrespectful the way that these two guys have left. And why? For Geno Smith, who is probably I'm I'm a Jets fan, it's so Gino I got a ton Smith. I got a ton of Geno Smith. I mean Jeez. the guy is probably the dumbest quarterback I've ever seen <laughs> in my whole life play the game. And now you're gonna throw in Davis Webb in there who are you even really going to find out anything? I mean, you're throwing a guy to the wolves, basically. All of your receivers are out. You have <laughs> yeah. zero O-line. You have a, co- a coach who isn't going to be there next year, so the offensive scheme is, scheme is going to be completely different. Are you really finding out anything? No, and it's wild. And, and so here's a little take I have from it. I think this is a really telling thing. So Eli gets benched, and, and all of these – ex-Giants have come out of the woodworks posting on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brandon Jacobs right yeah. now all of a sudden is the biggest, <laughs> most avid supporter of Eli Manning. Uh, Entrell Roll, all these former OCU Minora, uh, Corey Webster, all these Giants legends of the past sort of. And, and so a take I have from this is that it's an irony. It's an irony that years of mismanagement on the Giants' sake, or on the Giants' side, uh, Nothing involving the quarterback, sort of the one consistent, stable thing you did have was a quarterback who minded his own business and whatnot. All this mismanagement around him over a couple to a few years, it culminates in the benching of the guy who really had nothing to do with it. (laughs) And the the reason I mentioned the veterans is because... Guys who are coming out of the woodworks are sort of Giants legends, and when you when you take away Eli, there's no real leadership At left all. on this team, and this is sort of, I'm letting the cat out of the bag here, why is there no leadership? Because the Giants have relied too much on free agency. Absolutely. Yeah. So the day after, I don't know if you guys have Twitter, but you see Damon Harrison all of a sudden engaging in all these, these fan beef 
with on Twitter and it's all it's like Damon Harrison is all of a sudden like the spokesperson and a big leader on this team and he's kind of just a random guy who you scooped. Janoris Jenkins is a leader, but a random guy you scooped. Olivier Vernon should be a leader, but he's a random guy you scooped. So there's all these random bodies. By the way, that's two hundred million on three players right there. <laughs> that's a whole different point, but all these reliance on free agencies is cause for when you took away such a stable leader in the room, there's none left. What do you guys think? Uh, Eli has been the consistency that he, he's the glue that, that kept that organization together, honestly, because now it's like, there's, think about the, the disarray that's going to be their locker room now. And it's not even like, it's not even like hate towards Geno Smith, like who is Geno, but like, what, what are we doing? No, yeah. a, like now, 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 now the conversation is, well, what are we saying for the rest of the season? Like, are we just trying things out? Like, if I'm a star, I'm like, listen, uh, let, let this guy go. He hasn't got any reps, right? So <laughs> we just, nobody if we're trying things knows. out, you know, like no one knows what's what's what the thought process is it's here. Insanity. It's insane. It's oh, there's words that we cannot use. I would love to use right now, but <laughs> it's all it's a whole bunch of that. I mean, he's literally he's the only guy that had not given up on the season. He, he and yeah. he, he's having nothing to work with. I mean, he, no, like I said before, no line. All three of the wideouts have been yeah. injured. Uh, and again, I mean, the, all this failure around him has markedly nothing to do with him. I mean, he is the yes, one thing. He's the and, one thing. You know, we're looking at a, a coach and, and general manager who are on the hottest of seats. Guys, what do you think? Uh, is someone guaranteed to be gone? If so, is it both? Who is more likely to be gone? I want to hear all your thoughts about mm-hmm. who's going to be gone next year. I think I think they should both go. I was never a fan of McAdoo, to be honest, and uh, still not. So yeah. I think, but honestly. We do, they need change. They're an organization that if you got to go top, bottom, bottom, top, do what you got to do, I think they both should get out of there. And, sorry, even more important, because I imagine you're just going to echo that yeah. pretty much. Mm-hmm. What about Eli? Sorry, what do we think about Eli? I mean, so this is my take. I sort of think, I don't think the Giants are done with Eli's future. I, I, I just really, it would be like a whole new planet if, if next season Eli was starting on another team. On the Jags. I wouldn't throw my, that would be. That's what everyone, ah. That's that would be a match made in heaven. Yeah. It ah. would be a match made in heaven. But I'm not putting my money on that, I don't think. I think Eli's got two more years to play, three maybe, and, and I think it's on the Giants. I don't know. What do you, what do you well, think? Well, here's a couple of things I do know. Eli Manning, for his whole career, has said numerous times that he has wanted to start his career as a Giant and end his career as a Giant. You know, He wanted to be like the Giants' answer to, Je- to Derek Jeter. And he's done that. He's been a stand-up guy on the field and off the field. He won Man of the Year last year. And I think he still wants to be a part of this organization, especially since Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo are going to be gone. So they're going to have like new leadership there. Um, and I don't think Davis Webb is the answer. Definitely Geno Smith is not the answer. <laughs> so if they do go out and get a quarterback last year, I don't know that they'll have all the pieces to develop that quarterback yet. So I think that it would be beneficial for a young guy to learn from a two-time Super Bowl champ. And I think that probably he'll assume that role again next year, even if they do draft a quarterback, um, just so that he can learn from him. So you're going with Eli Stays on the Giants. Manny, what do you think? Uh, I think that's interesting because you say that, and and the first thing I thought about was um, I thought about two things. I thought about LT when he retired as a Charger, signed sign, – Wow, that's something I didn't even know yeah. about. It, it, yeah. it hit me. He, he signed that day and then retired. Yeah. And, I, and then I also think about NBA players who do that. They play like Kobe. The thing, the difference between playing like NFL and NBA for your entire uh, career for one team, your role gets reduced mm-hmm. in both sports. As a quarterback, it can only get reduced to so much. Like you can get, re- <laughs> you can get reduced at other <laughs> positions. You can't keep switching in quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the game, so it's like what that's that's what makes this even more crazy because they're, they're throwing in Geno at, at the worst time. So for Eli, if he's really big on I'm gonna retire as a Giant, and if they're trying to, if like is this his last year or is next year his last year? Are they gonna get like uh, no, that, Sam Darnold? That's and yeah, that's what I ended the, for one year. The the report on is that we I think we know Eli's not gonna say all right, well now I'll just let that be my end. He is yeah. determined to play. I mean. You know, even if you're his biggest critic and you're like, no, he has no more than one good year left, you know he's going for another year. I mean, we know that. So, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how it develops. I mean, I think only time will tell. And this is, we got to the point of the conversation where, you know, the most important question is who will be the quarterback of the Giants next year? Will they draft someone? It's all to be determined. But, guys, we got to talk about the Jets for a little bit. So let's run the report and uh, see what's going on in, in their territory. 
The toughest portion of the Jets' schedule almost got off to a great start on Sunday afternoon, but the team's fourth-quarter struggles were on full display against the visiting Carolina Panthers. They gave up 17 points in the final quarter and fell 35-27. Gang Green falls to 4-7 on the year, having dropped five of their last six. Some fans were talking about an outside shot at the playoffs not too long ago, but head coach Todd Bowles kept it real after Sunday's loss. When you win games, you're a playoff contender. When you lose games, you're not. Right now, we're not a playoff contender. we got to go back to the drawing board. This week, the struggling Kansas City Chiefs come to town at 6-5. They're clinging to an AFC West division lead over the L.A. Chargers, and I say clinging because the Chiefs, just like the Jets, have lost five of their last six. Both teams say they'll stick with their veteran QBs this week. Promising rookie gunslinger Patrick Mahomes patiently waits behind Alex Smith, while the Jets' savior is nowhere to be found behind Josh McCown. At least, we think that's the case. But the biggest storyline of all in this one is the return of former Jet Darrell Revis. The 32-year-old Revis spent eight seasons in New York and was cut earlier this year. The seven-time Pro Bowler was picked up by Kansas City last week and is expected to make his Chiefs debut on Sunday at the Meadowlands against his former team. Now out of nowhere, my official prediction, a 2013 Jets win. The Chiefs are coming off nine and 10 point offensive outings, and it's simply not the same Alex Smith and Kareem Hunt that we saw in weeks one through five when they were undefeated. They lost 12-9 to the Giants on the very same turf just two weeks ago, and another ugly win for the home team could be in store. Covering the I'm Matt Murphy, WFUV Sports. So the Jets, guys, all season they've been up and down, surprising us, but then sort of reverting back to old ways. And, you know, they've been a whole lot better than the Giants, that's for sure. My guy, Robbie Anderson, who oh my gosh. just going off every week. It's crazy. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about the Jets and, and, and their direction? The, the Jets are interesting because on paper they, they're they up there with one of the better teams in the league. And on many occasions, Josh McCown has shown me, like, some great things this yeah. year. Like, honestly, like, I'm shocked with the no. with his level of play. It's it's amazing. And then, like you mentioned, Anderson, a guy who's like, came out of nowhere in some people's eyes. Especially, like, if you're not a big Jets fan, I mean, obviously you wouldn't know him, but, like, I think uh, – it's weird because they have talent, you know, on both sides of the ball, but they just can't produce. They just can't win games. And I know it has something to do with having, you know, uh, the Patriots in their division, but I'm not even sure if they played any games that so far. I think one, they, still, one. they played one. Yeah. They still have one more. So, I don't know. It's, it's tough because the Jets, I don't want to say they're a cursed franchise, but. <laughs> they have been in recent <laughs> it years. It kind of is what it is, you know. How important, though, Devin, is this matchup against the Chiefs? Because all of a sudden you have, I mean, the Jets – we heard it in the report. They're alive in the wild card race, yeah. as crazy as that is. And, well, they're about to play a team that was looking like the number one seed in the AFC for a little bit, and now the Chiefs are 6-5. and five. So, I mean, do you think it really makes a difference if the Jets win or, win, or is it just all a tease? No, I, th- I think, I mean, you never know in the NFL, right, especially with how the AFC wild card is looking. You could make the playoffs in 9-7 and seven this year. Um, so, you know, with the Chiefs reeling, they already lost once at MetLife to a New York team. So I think that they have a shot. And if they do win, you never know. You know, uh, they're only one or two games back of the wild card. So anything is possible at this point in the season. Guys, we were talking about Kirk Cousins and his future. And so, you know, if the Redskins don't decide to, that they want him, he can't play on a franchise. Oh, well, he could probably play on another team's franchise tag next year, but let's yeah. assume if someone let's, gives let's him a contract. I know. Come on. Yeah, well, guys. he's kind of getting paid when that happens, but it, yeah. you know. So I, I'm, who, a Mich- I'm a Michigan State fan. MSU, stand up. Please. That was a sweet team when they had Bell oh and my Cousins. God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, but so, Kurt, I'm just, I wanted to make this point about the Jets. You know, we're saying how they, they flash sort of, and it's like, yeah. you know, maybe if they can just get a quarterback mm-hmm. and sort of say, like, all right, we're going to. We're, we can sort of calm down and work and for the future them, now. You know? They could have some hype around them really could, quick, yeah. and that could be as quick as next year. Cousins could be a good fit. It's possible. I mean, I, I hope so for his, for his sake because, you know, like I said, I'm a fan. MSU stand-up, it's my favorite school. Anyway, um, 
Honestly, I think he. I he love was, that. By the way, I'm a big Michigan State I'm a fan. Massive. Michigan I come State from fan. a place where Michigan's a really big thing, and, and, yeah. and it almost makes me like I'm just uh, all in on Michigan. I'm all, <laughs> yeah, for, I'm savages, all in. straight savages. Yeah, there. but um, it's interesting. Like you said, like you were mentioning earlier, the AFC to me is almost like the East in the NBA. You know, there's there's like one or two very good teams, and then you have a bunch of teams who can possibly be in the playoffs, who can possibly not be in the playoffs. They're up one year, they're down one year. At one point during the season, there were, I, I believe, in the AFC East, there were three teams in the playoff picture from that uh, one one conference. So, it's possible from that one division. Sorry, it's possible that um, the Jets they have a chance, and obviously they won't last long if they make it to the playoffs. But this win is big, just because of how the Chiefs started the season off, and this win will get them closer to just being five hundred, which they're not. They're four and seven right now. Yeah. Yeah, and even if, practically speaking, we all sort of recognize that they don't stand much of a chance to really make a run, yeah. I think it will oh, be yeah. a big moral victory then. But, you know, we're starting to talk about that playoff picture, so let's let's fully get into it right after this fantasy section. It is the dud section. Who's going to be on the bench this Predicting week? this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. All right, boys, my first dud of the week has to be Alex Smith. I think everybody knows Alex Smith has the arm strength of a junior varsity high school quarterback. He's going up against the Jets. Sit him down. He's not playing well. My next dud of the week is actually two. It is Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Although they have been absolute beasts. And Alvin Kamara is the NFL's best back per carry. Averaging a league high 7.1 yards a carry every time he runs the ball. They're going up against the Carolina Panthers defense who is very stellar and stout. And the Panthers have won four in a row. Bench them. And my last dud of the week has to be Jay Ajayi. Even though he's come into Philly and played really, really well, they're going up against the Seattle Seahawks, which are the ninth best rush defense in the league. I think you got to sit JGI down this week. But those are my duds of the week. There's a hot take. Alvin Kamara and Ingram on the bench. They've been servicing a lot of people super well lately, but, you know. Don't don't play him this week. That's what we're hearing. So, so guys, the playoff picture. Let's start with the NFC because I'm looking at it right now, and things are going. Things are setting up for a crazy finish here in the NFC East. There's a lot of ways we could this this conversation could take many directions. So I think we're just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna pose some questions, and and who knows where we're gonna go from there. But I guess the first two questions I have: certain teams who, it's like you know, guys, this is week 13. I'm locking in the Eagles. As the number one seed in the NFC, I think with home field advantage, they're ten and one. The Vikings are nine and two. But guys, what do you think? Are, is it fair to lock in the the Eagles for number one? Ah, uh, I wouldn't lock. We them got in. a lot of games to play, so it's, I it would is, not lock them in just yet because the Vikings are playing very good football right now, and I I see a situation, a scenario where they could possibly win out, and I don't want to give up my picks for this weekend, but I'm not really sure. If the Eagles can maintain that one-loss um, belt they have right now. Yeah, and it's easy to forget that there's still a quarter of the season left. There's four games left in the season, so anything can happen. I mean, earlier it looked like the Chiefs could possibly go 16-0. I mean, people were ready to lock them in to the number one seed in the yeah, AFC. I, that's a great point. So, you know what? I, I, I almost want to refer Let's. I'm going to take back that question. No, no. <laughs> but no, the real interesting stuff is this wild card race, guys. Yeah. The Panthers and the Saints— Man, what a division that is because who's leading that division? Someone's got to be. Currently leading. right now, I think it's the Saints. Yes. yes they the they Saints. both have the same record, but it's the Saints. Okay, so okay, so they both they're both at 8 and 3 right now. And and the Rams are 8 and 3, and the but they have to contend with the Seahawks. Yep. So there's so much teams here that I mean, I mean there's just a lot to say. The I think the Rams and the Seahawks are in a very interesting race for their division. Where do you think that one goes? I got to go to the Rams. Um, just because, here's the thing about Seattle. They're, Russ right now is playing Houdini ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, Straight up. It's crazy because you watch the game and you're like, okay, there's no way he's going to out the situation. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. And then he does his little left, right, left, right, scramble here, scramble there, toss the ball up in the air, and next thing you know, there's a first down. It's first and 20 and then a touchdown. You know, it's And there's no way you can play this type of football for that long. I don't yeah. think it's possible. I don't even know how they've done they've gone to 7 and 4 with it cuz it's crazy. 
But I, there's no way. I think the Rams, they're talented on both sides of the ball. They do a great job holding the ball when uh, late into the game. Aaron Donald's a savage of a player. Oh, my goodness. He's insane. Made yeah. Cooper Cup. Like, they have so much talent, so much young talent. And that's what you need. And that was a big victory they got week. They they proved themselves against a good team. So they're eight and three. Seahawks are one game back at seven and four. Manny likes the Manny likes L.A. What do you got in that division? Up until a couple of weeks ago, up until the Falcons game, I would have given it to the Seahawks. But now that they're missing Richard Sherman, now that the, now that Cam Chancellor, Damn. they're not even sure if he's going to play again. Brutal. They're missing half the Legion of Boom, like you said. Russell Wilson's running for his life out there. I, I a couple of weeks ago, I would have given it to the Seahawks, especially after getting Dwayne Brown to help at the left side of that line. But I just don't see how they can compete missing two key guys, two of the best uh, secondary guys in the league. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they can do it anymore. And they still have one more game left against the Rams. If they lose that game, it's over. No, that's a huge detriment with the Legion of Boom not being there. Now we turn to the NFC South. We just were talking about it before. I was wondering who's on, who's on top there. So it's this. It's the Saints and the Panthers, guys. They're both at 8-3. and three. The Saints have some kind of tiebreaker right now. But, I mean, that is dead even with, you know, 25% of the season left. So, Saints-Panthers, who do you like to win out in the NFC South, man? So, apparently Cam Newton is back. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm not saying he's not back, but that, that seems to be the story. I think he's more shaky than not. I think the Saints win this division because if you did watch the uh, – the Panthers game, I can't remember who they just played. Wow. The Jets. They played the Jets, yeah. yes. There was a lot of balls that uh He did not play well. He yeah. didn't he did not play well. Yeah. And 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 when the season moves on, when you play those uh divisional games, you will get exposed. You will get exposed in those games, you will get exposed in the playoffs. And with with teams like that, when you go against the Saints, whose defense is playing really good right now, they have a run game, it's it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be real hard. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need more from Cam Newton. No more three and outs and quick possessions keeping their defense out there for a long time because that's what kills defenses. Being out there for too long, you get tired, and then points all over the place. Yeah. So to me, the Saints are going to pull away. Agreed 100%. I mean, to me, and I was talking to you before about this, I think the Saints could be the best team in the NFL. I mean, you think about who Stop. they have. Who, you think about who they have on their Tom team, right? They have, a, they, have a, they have a very good line, right? They have an elite coach in Sean Payton. They have an elite quarterback in Drew Brees who doesn't even have to throw the ball 40 times a game anymore. Yeah. They're a run-first team now. That's yeah. Alvin Kamara yeah. and Mark Ingram. They have Marshawn Lattimore, who's 12 weeks into his career, become He's one dope. of the elite cornerbacks in the league. You want to know what's really interesting? They're, they're in a way, they're, they're, with them getting their run game back, they're, yeah. kinda, they're adding more years for Drew Brees. Yes. This is, and I love Drew Brees, honestly, because he's, he's just like, he's, he's blue-collar, just does what he has to do. Throws almost four thousand, five thousand yards every yes. year, yeah. and now they're sa- they're essentially saving his arm yeah. by having this run game. So yeah. they're setting themselves not just for this season, for the future. So, so now that they're winning games with a run-first offense, um, imagine what they can do when they need to put it on the back yeah. of Drew Brees. Yeah. Combine that with the fact that they have one of the best home field advantages in the sport. I mean, point. this team does not have a lot of weaknesses at all. So my next question then would be: with that same NFC South, you guys. The wild card teams starting to slip away from one another. You know, it doesn't look like anyone in the NFC is going to do it. Dallas is the best chance at six and six, but guys, three teams from the NFC South. Do you guys think that three teams are going to make it? Because the Atlanta Falcons at seven and four are looking like the strongest uh, wild card spot. I'm looking at Dallas at six and six. Detroit, they got to make a run. Uh, I think Atlanta, when you take in the fact that they're a game up on the rest of these guys, you know, I think Arizona Cardinals and the West are done. The fact that the Falcons are a game up on Detroit and they were the Super Bowl team last year and they're mm-hmm. very potent, very potent when they're playing well, I think NFC South could send three teams to the playoffs this year. What do you guys think? Uh, it's possible just because, you know, like we mentioned, the Falcons and the Panthers earlier in the season weren't playing that well. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing about once you're clicking late, you're clicking late. So once you click late, you kind of click till your season's essentially done. And then, I mean, looking at this playoff picture, I don't really see the Lions pulling away. And the Cowboys, I'm not sold. I mean, they won yesterday, but I'm not sold on them being back to this peach, in, in this picture, being contenders. However, these three teams still have to each play each other one more time. So that's going to be big. Who's going to win two? Who's going to lose two? Who's like, you know, who's going to split? So it's going to be very interesting. I honestly, though, I think they do stay in. Maybe the Seahawks squeak in. Maybe not, but I think these three teams stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think that all three teams are going to make it as well. I think that the Falcons – keep in mind, the 
the only two teams that I see making the playoffs over the Falcons are the Seahawks and Lions. I think the Cowboys down. I think all those teams are out. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, though, that the Falcons have already beaten the Seahawks and Lions. So they have the tiebreaker over there. Wow, that's huge. I, 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 don't, I, huge. I think it's done. It's over. Yeah. This, so, this is the picture right here. Yeah. I mean, so either way, I mean, one, one very solid team is going to have to miss the playoffs in the NFC. And the interesting thing about it, the way that things are set up right now, the Panthers are the fifth seed, the eight and three, and the Saints are the fourth seed, the eight and three. So they will have to play each other for a third time. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of, I don't know, I think the Giants had, played the Cowboys. Yeah, it could have, it, this yeah. Rule, but, I mean, that's, that's going to be a great game it's gonna, anytime that happens. the third time. So that we're going to... It's going to be some good football, guys. The coaches are like, oh, my gosh, this is just <laughs> Here too we much go. to handle. Game planning once yeah, again. Yeah, again. But, so the AFC, the AFC. So AFC East, it's looking like a lock. We got the Patriots at 9-2. The yeah. Bills are <laughs> reeling, absolutely reeling at 6-5. and five. AFC North looking like a little bit of a lock. Same sort of thing. 9-2 and two, the Steelers are looking good. Baltimore Ravens looking seriously average, below average, I would say, 6-5. and five. And then in the South, things are a little more interesting. You got Jacksonville and Tennessee, and in the West, things are very interesting. So let's let's go to the South and the West, you guys. In the AFC South, Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville Jaguars are both seven and four. I, I love both of these teams. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on on these two teams? That's interesting because I know we we kind of alluded to alluded to it earlier with the the Eli talk going to the Jaguars. No one likes Blake Bortles. I don't have a problem with the guy. I think he's talented. Honestly, I think he's done a decent job so far. I mean. I don't know. I think they have a good chance. The way the, the player pitcher is set up right now, they would play the Chiefs, who are 6-5. and five. I think they could beat the Chiefs. I think they have a very – I mean, obviously, their defense is different. It it's, so is. It and is what they're different. able to do with Jalen Ramsey – It is ridiculous. It's like they don't need Deshaun Gibson to play safety. Yeah. Exactly. Because And if you saw it, Jalen Ramsey posted a sweet Instagram photo today. He's talking about a matchup with him and T.Y. Hilton. I guess they had a really good one last year because he's like – Matchup of the season, 2.0, coming up, uh, or maybe it was the year, earlier in the year. And then he comments on his own photo because Deshaun – it's a photo of him 1v1 in the end zone with uh-huh. T.Y. Deshaun's in it, and he says, by the way, like, we don't play bracket coverage. I don't know yeah. what that necessarily yeah. is. <laughs> Essentially like uh, the my safety's just there because like, he could be, basically. Yeah. So he yeah. was <laughs> like, you know, we do all types of crazy things. Exactly. I love Jacksonville. It's, it's crazy. And the thing is, like, like, like the saying goes – Defense wins championships. Oh, and absolutely. this defense right now is probably the best defense in the NFL. It's crazy. Miles Jack, Calais Campbell, A.J. I mean, Bouye. I mean, pick loaded. your poison. They're loaded. AJ, by the way, Miles Jack, like the way he was supposed to theoretically be, could be like, you know, he can make he could be a defense on his own. And he's yeah. not even probably up to the point where we thought he could be. I've just been waiting. It's so great that it finally happened. We've all been waiting. For this with the Jags, it's but, great. But these these two teams, like like we said, I, we didn't mention much on the Titans, but they're a solid team as well. And I think they they honestly both stay in the picture. This is yeah, crazy, you guys. The AFC West is just absolutely wide open. So six and five are the reeling Chiefs. The Chargers, who are hot, are five and six, and the Raiders, who are not hot but I'd say have potential, are five and six as well. We gotta kind of make this quick because unfortunately we are almost out of time. But guys, who do you like there in the AFC West? I gotta go with the Chargers, man. Uh, like like we got the fancy expert saying. Listen, I learned my lesson. You start Philip Rivers. The man, he is a Hall of Famer. He is one of the best quarterbacks playing right now, and he is slinging that football. Yeah, I gotta go Chargers as well. I mean, uh, the wow, Chiefs are a- reeling, and they're only. It's crazy to think. It's crazy to think that the Chiefs started what like five and one, yeah, and the Chargers were zero and four. But the Chargers do this all the time. They do. <laughs> they do this they do. all the year. The last team to make the playoffs the at zero and four was the Chargers every year too. Yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs do this every year. And the Chargers every year. Devin, you're so right about that. People, I mean, I was saying the Chiefs. I mean, they look so good. Oh, it's just. I mean, that is that is a really fascinating finish. And the Raiders, who they've been so bad this year, they probably performed the least well of these three teams. But I think they may even have the most potential, theoretically, yeah, with their yeah. roster. So it's very interesting there. Let's just wrap it up because we could talk about this all day. We'll, we'll have a, a sleeper section, and then we'll get into the picks. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. All right, boys, my first sleeper has to be Robbie Anderson. He has a touchdown catch in five straight games, and he's going up against the very suspect Kansas City Chiefs defense. My next sleeper is Joe Mixon. Even though the Cincinnati Bengals have been very disappointing, they're going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers and their rush defense is 19th. I expect Joe Mixon to have his best run of the year. 
And finally, Derrick Henry. Even though he's not the feature back in Tennessee, he's been playing a lot better than DeMarco Murray. And they're going up against the Texans without J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. I expect Derrick Henry to have a sneaky good game. Those are my sleepers of the week. Couple great, couple great shout outs there. Derrick Henry, thank you. And Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Guys, this running back renaissance that has graced the league. I've, I'm really thinking we could have a whole podcast here's, here's the thing. talking about the young backs. There's the thing about running backs and controversy. When I was drafting my fantasy uh, teams, I took Zeke and I took Joe Mixon. Yeah. And I, and I do not regret it at all. No, and, and <laughs> Zeke, if he wasn't suspended, he'd be. He'd be still leading your team, probably. Yeah, definitely would. So this is the point where we got to choose the winners of this week. We just spent all this time talking about it, so let's think about who we want in these matchups, you guys. We got a great graphic for you on Twitter. We're gonna see who's gonna win. This is this is a very competitive thing. You're, you're gonna see it. So the Vikings at the Falcons. That's the first game of the week, you guys. Why don't we go this way around the table? Vikings or Falcons? Who you got? Easy. I'm going with the Vikings, man. There's no way ATL is back. Everyone thinks the offense is really back. I'm not sold on it. Vikings all the way. Yeah, I'm taking the Vikings. I like Case Keenum. He's playing well. I'm going Atlanta. I feel like they're getting hot at exactly the right time. Now, what a matchup this is. I'm excited to see Xavier Rhodes versus Julio. Guys, I'm going to have to choose the Falcons because they're at home and they need it so bad. All right, Texans at Titans. Manny, who you got? Oh, my goodness. I got to go with the Titans. I'm not sold on the Texans. They have a good defense, yes. But, however, it's not really there on the other side of the ball. Super Mario. I'm going with the Titans. Titans all the way. I'm taking the Titans as well. All right, Chiefs at the Jets. Chiefs at the Jets. We are going J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes. The Chiefs are going downhill all the way. You thought they were great because they beat... Tom Brady and company, but no, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Alex Smith's arm. I think they need to start Patrick Mahomes, but I'm taking the Jets, too. I love it, Manny. J-E-T-S. Jets, oh, Jets, Jets. Man, <laughs> you guys really going to make me do this? I, the, Andy Reid's got to clean it up, man. He's better than that. I'll take the Chiefs. All right, Broncos at Dolphins. This is a meaningless game. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very – this is a terrible game to watch. However, I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins because there's something about having a quarterback – Demery does not have a quarterback right now, and it's hurting him. So, uh, Dolphins. Oh, that's tough because Jay Cutler is terrible too, but I guess I'll <laughs> take the Dolphins. This really is a tough game, but I think that I think the Broncos' defense is going to be able to exploit Jay. Let's go, Broncos. Yeah, I'll take – you know, I was just about to say I'll take the Dolphins because they're at home, but I think the Broncos got better players all around the field than the Dolphins really do. I'll take the Broncos. And the music ends. All right, but it begins. <laughs> Colts at Jags. This is a mismatch. I think I don't think anybody goes the other way. Want to just say it? We all Jags? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Jags. We're all Jags. Jags. Manny, or Emmanuel, you got us behind the glass. We're all Jags all on Jags. that. I like that, but that's the first time we've ever had the yeah. communal <laughs> sweep. All right, so the Bucks at Packers. Another ugly game. Yeah. This is, this is uh, this, honestly, really I, didn't know, I didn't know which way to go because of the way Green Bay played on Sunday. Yeah. Yes. It looked really good. Yeah. Hey, babe. But I'm going with Tampa. Uh, Don't show me that crap. <laughs> Jameis uh, is back, by the way. Oh, Jameis is back. Ooh, so, so yeah, ooh. you know what? I'll take the Bucks without Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are trash. Trash. I'm gonna go Bucks as well. I'll take the Bucks too. I'm taking a fired up Jameis in this one. Lions at Ravens. Mediocrity everywhere. <laughs> yeah, honestly, once again, we're talking quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm going with Matt Stafford. I always love Matt Stafford. I think that uh, Detroit's a way better team than Baltimore. So that's my pick. Yeah, you know what? I'll go with the Lions. I think Matt Stafford's going to play good. I agree. Detroit is leagues better than Baltimore, in my opinion. They have no offense in the Ravens. Yeah. The Ravens are a team that is just, they are going in an awful direction. Whatever direction they're going in, they need to reverse fields immediately. I'm taking the Lions in this one. Patriots at Bills. Okay. To all Bills Mafia out there, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> it is over. Tom Brady, baby. You know what? I might go with an upset. I'm going to take the Bills. Oh. <laughs> Even though it pains me, you, I mean, you got to go with it. the Pats here. You got to go. With the Pats. You guys all got to watch yeah. Bill Belichick mic'd up in his most recent victory. It's hilarious. I'm taking the cool, calm, and collected Bill <laughs> against the Bills, even though they're in Buffalo. 49ers at Bears. Sometimes you have to take risks, guys. And I'm going to go 49ers with the dub. 
Oh my god. Can't tell you why. <laughs> I don't even know. This is a bad game too. You know what? Flip a I'll coin. go with the Bears. Going with the Bears. <laughs> it's tempting because I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo do well, but I'm gonna go Bears at home. Jordan Howard's gonna run it down their throat. I've been picking the Bears way too many times this season because they, they played <laughs> who was it? They played someone sneaky good literally the Panthers. first week of the season. And 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 I thought since then that they'd be sneaky good. They're decent. But I'm taking the 49ers. Browns at Chargers. Guys, I like taking risks. Wait. Okay, wait. All right. I like taking risks, but I'm not taking one today. <laughs> okay. Not all right. right here. Anyone else? Anyone else? Chargers, okay, Chargers. we're all on board for the Chargers. Run it. Giants and Geno Smith in L.A. versus the Raiders. We're going to see how this is one of the terrible decisions ever made all time. Oakland with the dub. Yeah, I'm taking the Raiders, too. The Raiders. I've seen enough Geno Smith to know that the Raiders are going to win this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the Raiders, you know, even with Eli in this one, sadly. Uh, Panthers at Saints. Panthers and Saints. Guys, Cam Newton is not that good. Saints all the way, baby. I'm taking Scram Newton, baby. I got to take the Panthers. <laughs> Saints at home? I I'm never going against the Saints at home. Let's go. Man, this is a tough, tough game to pick. I guess I'll just take the home team. Darn you. <laughs> All right, because I want to see, like, you know, Cam could do it, but Rams at Cardinals. Guys, listen, L.A. is for real. Yes. They yes. are the real deal. They are young, and they have, they have the youngest uh, head coach, and yes. he's proven to be one of the best right now. So, right. hey, we're running with L.A., baby. L.A. all the way. Let's go Rams. All right, we're all on board with the Rams. That's three sweeps, I think, right now. And, you know, before we hit the 830 game, I just want to say this picks this pick em section – we don't even need to do the first 45 minutes of this show. This is like a commentary on the oh, league. Yeah, yeah. It's rapid fire. It's yeah. great. It's great. It's, it's phenomenal. So I think we have sort of the NFC going on here in this Sunday night game. It's the Eagles at the Seahawks. Okay, guys. Um, this is this is going to be big because I mentioned Russ being Houdini, and you can't play for it like that forever. But something is telling me that they might win this game. So I got to go with Seattle, man, the 12th man. I think if the Eagles win this game – they might be the best team in the NFC. I think they're going to win the game. That's just me, though. It's funny because I also feel something about the Seahawks. I'm going to go Seahawks. I think Russ can take advantage of the secondary on, on Philadelphia. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, too, you guys, because my main rationale is that I just think even I think Philly still could be the best team in the NFC, but I think they're just bound to lose really more yep. than anything. they got to lose, and I think at Seattle will be a great time to do it. All right, that's it for the show. Manny Adeye, thank you for coming in. Devin Clemente sitting right next to me. You're the man. Christian Nokai with the fantasy all day. And Emmanuel Barbari producing us behind the glass. Thank you. And get ready for week 14 next week. It's going to be great too. But watch on Sunday for all these games.